Devante, you've caused kind of a little bit of a stir on social media uh, with some hints about Aaron Rodgers and um, honest talk, honest talk. Oh yeah, is that something that you would be uh, interested in? Would I be interested in having Aaron Rodgers throw to me? Yes. Uh, yes, I would. I would love that. The the trolling, you know, I'm first team all trolls, so don't don't take none of that too serious. But uh, I would love to have that, and obviously that, that'd be a dream scenario, one that I'm I'm very familiar with. But anything you've seen on Twitter, that's not a tale of anything. That's just that's just wishful thinking and messing around. With it. We talked uh, at the end of the season that the Raiders were going to keep you kind of in the loop on things as it relates to quarterback. Is that a message that you would send to them, like, hey, if if that is available? That that's something that you would be a million percent, hundred percent. I mean, that's that's exactly what I'm, I'm trying to portray, and uh, it's a lot of conversations to be had still um, in the near future. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But that's obviously something that I would go in there and talk about. Is there any conversation that you've had with Aaron about that? We'll keep that uh, <laughs> keep that behind closed doors. Back to the Finley Toyota Studios for Granny and Bischoff on the press box. It's not tampering if Devontae Adams calls Aaron Rodgers, right? It's only tampering if the team level does it. I don't think, yeah. I I don't think if a player calls a player, they probably call each other all the time. Okay. Adams can just be like, hey, man. Yeah. What are you doing? I saw that you're golfing. I saw that you won the uh, Pro-Am up at Pebble Beach. You call him and you say, hey, man, it's not snowing here. It's true. (laughs) It's not 40 below windshield. Call him and tell him we have some good courses. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Although Rogers would just say, I just live in California for the summer anyways. So just one Pebble Beach. Yeah. Unless he's unless he wants to play golf during the season in November. I know yes, maybe he yesterday does. he said it was the first time he'd played since the training camp started. Okay. So maybe so he doesn't play during the season. I, I would guess most players don't. No, they're not hockey players. Maybe yeah. by week. Hockey hockey players maybe. on every day off are out there playing. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Will Carrier. That was, we didn't get into that, that part of the Will story. Will Carrier is not allowed to go golfing because he has to fix someone's uh, dishwasher. No, the Vin Goat story on Will Carrier, the part we didn't get to, is that apparently on road trips, when they have a day off, goes fishing. He plans a fishing trip. Yeah. Maybe not every time, but most of the time, he plans a fishing trip if they have a day off because he's like, yeah, he knows enough people in enough cities that he finds a way to get a boat and a body of water. And he goes out fishing on whatever day they have off during the road trip. That's what a, a lot story. Of, that's a lot of licenses you got to buy. Mm-hmm. He's a hockey player. Yeah. Maybe he's got him. He that's can true. get help. Yeah. That's true. Maybe that's why he's got a buddy in every city to help him out. Must be nice. So, yeah, Will Carrier, he's going fishing on his off days. Now, Josh Jacobs at the Pro Bowl, he talked a lot. Um, let's let's start with his franchise tag comment. Uh, Deshaun Reed tweeted this out. I asked him if he would have an issue with being franchise tagged if they can't come to a multi-year agreement. Jacobs responded, quote, hero turned villain. Translation, don't tag me. So, I always thought they were going to tag him. All right, let, let me let me start with this question. He says hero turned villain, which implies everybody loves me, but if they franchise don't tag me, me, I'm going to sit yes. out and everybody's going to yes. hate me. What's the fan base's reaction if he gets franchise tagged and holds out? Whose side is the fan base on? Are they on Jacob's side or are they on the front office side? I think usually, don't usually they side with the player? I think it's changed a lot recently. In the past, a lot of times. They side with the player. With the, with the, with the front office. I think in the past, it used to be almost always side with the front office. Because 
hey, you're getting paid, especially in this scenario. Hey, you're getting $10 million. But why has it changed? I think people are becoming more pro player because I think more people are realizing, oh, wow, the owners make $10 billion yeah. every day, and they're the ones arguing with paying minor league baseball players. Well, in salaries. this sense, it's also he won the he won the rushing title. Right. And so I, I would be – I'm fascinated to see because I – if this is the likely scenario, which maybe it is, he gets franchise tagged and then he, he says, holds out. I'm not playing on the franchise tag because what you would have is Jacobs would have a guaranteed $10 million. Yes. If that's you play what the tag the is for running backs. Tag. And it's guaranteed, right? Yep. He gets $10 million. And I think a lot, I think there's a section of fans that would say, dude, you're getting $10 million. Go play as a running back. Yeah, Go play football. But then there'd also be a section of the fans that would say, uh, Jacob just led the league in rushing. He has earned an actual contract. The Raiders should give him two whatever. to three years on a minor, right? A multi-year deal with more guaranteed money. Right. I just don't know which one would be uh, louder. Which one would be the majority? Right? Would there be more? Well, pro- you just split the fan base, which I think you're right on. Yeah, I just don't there's, know which one would be more. Hey, there's always going to be people on the side of, hey. You play a game for a living. Right. Someone's going to give you $10 million. Look at us out here. Like, you know, the blue-collar guy making whatever. Can't right. feed his family and everyone out. There's always that side of things. Right. And I don't. I think in this scenario, more people would be on Jacob's side. Uh, also because this front well, because office. because of the year last, he just had. And this front office coaching staff hasn't actually done anything good. Right. They finished 6-11. So I, I think in this scenario, more people would be on Jacob's side. However, if it were a true holdout, which you can't really do in the NFL because of how much you get fined, but if there were, if we got closer and closer to training camp and then the regular season, I think more people might flip to Jacob's side and say, hey, just or sign excuse, him. excuse me, excuse me, flip away oh, from Jacob's side. To go and, to the management side and just say, just hey, just sign him? You, or dude, just... you just got to show up. Like, just you just got to show up and play for us. The closer we get well, to games, I think more people would be, hey, dude, just just show up and play. Yeah, and you make a good point because we talked about this with Darren Waller last year. Now, as much as they get fined, I just don't know how long yeah. you can hold out. Is it, is it 50000 a 50, day? 50000 Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I can't believe that, you know, you're going to go very long with that. Can <laughs> He's gonna. Who's his agent? He's gonna show up and have a hamstring injury every day at camp, like yes, Darren Waller yes. did. Darren, how did you pull your hamstring? <laughs> you were out a long time while they were negotiating your contract. That would be uh, that would be quite the move from Josh Jacobs if he's got a hamstring injury on day one of training camp. Um, so the other thing that Josh Jacobs said is that they haven't discussed a long term deal, but that he expects that to happen next week, meaning this week that we're now in. Is franchise tag the outcome here? Do you think that's the most likely I've always scenario? thought it was. I've always thought as a running back, we both said he's not going to have a year like this again, even at 24. Right. He's just not going to have a year like this. He's not going to lead the league in rushing again. That's just, I think that's both our opinions. We know what happens to running backs. We know why they're undervalued in terms of the money now and what they really get paid comparative to other positions. I just think they always said, okay, we got to bring him back. You know, he did lead the league in rushing. We need a running back. But the easy part is just to tag him. Yep. I think it's the most likely scenario because it's the it's the part that it makes the most sense for this front office to franchise tag. Yeah, it's the process. Jacobs. Like the the three arguments you could the three scenarios here is you sign him to whatever contract Josh Jacobs wants or would agree to, you franchise tag him, or you just let him walk. I don't think they'll let him walk. 
I think letting him walk makes more sense than signing him to a long-term deal, but I don't think you can let him walk. I mean, you can, but the fan base is not going to be happy if you let him walk, especially when the franchise tag is an option for Josh Jacobs. So I, of those three options, the one that makes the most sense is franchise tag. You don't anger your fan base too much. You'll probably annoy some of them because you're not giving them the contract. And you also uh, are not committing to any sort of long-term guaranteed money with Josh Jacobs, which is what you really want to avoid with running back. So I do think he gets franchise tagged. I've said this before. If I were the Raiders, I would want to franchise tag and trade him to another team to try to get an asset for him. Do you think this makes that more likely? No, I think they franchise tag him and see what he does. Well, you still franchise tag him either way. But like if they franchise oh, tag he him and threatens he's or he holds out, out. Yeah. 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 Would the Raiders then say, okay, likely, okay, yeah. Uh, whatever. You're going to hold out? Right. I don't know what then team we'll move wants you. him. But if there's oh, a, there'd be someone who right, wants him. I don't him. know which one. I don't know a good example. Someone would use, want But him. if, you know, the Cardinals were like, hey, we want Josh Is Jacobs. he worth a two? Probably not. A three. Um, I think if you're the Raiders, if you if you're the Raiders and you got a second round pick for Jacobs, I, you'd be thrilled. I think a third round pick, maybe. Um, but it does. I think it does depend on the market because a lot of teams are sort of saying, "Hey, what are we doing for the running back? We don't want to give up that much money. We don't want to give up whatever." So would a team give up a third round pick for him? Maybe. Um, but I, the problem is, is if you're if you're an NFL team, you'd probably just look at it and say, "Well, we'll just draft a running back in the third round." And sure, he Just might draft not be, Zamir White. Right, he might not be as good as Josh Jacobs, but third round running back is probably going to be like the fourth or fifth running back in the draft. Right. He's probably going to be pretty good, and we don't have to pay him, you know, whatever yeah, the contract rookie extension. Contract. Yeah, so I think it'd be tough to actually get something good for him, but maybe you do. Maybe you get something. Maybe you throw him in the package to Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers. Say, <laughs> here's Devontae, or here's Josh Jacobs too, and Darren Waller. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, two hamstring guys. Oh. They both show up with hamstring injuries in, in Green Bay. <laughs> Wouldn't be very good there. Um, I also enjoyed Josh Jacobs before the Pro Bowl, who said, uh, this bleep is stupid. Yes. <laughs> he backed <laughs> off on it a little yesterday. I think he probably thought about it. Or he saw the huge headlines about it. Um, backed off a little, said, no, it was okay. Um, he, I thought he made a good point if I was one of those guys spreading those those. Uh, Things out that they did for points in terms of the tic tac toe and the and the dodgeball and the quarterbacks throwing, spreading them out over two or three days in terms of uh, where you had to wait around and do it. I think that's what really kind of bugged a lot of those guys. I said this is taking too long. Why don't you just do it all in one day? Because um, they come to Vegas, they want to you know party and do things, and that's what it's about for them probably. So I think being out at the facility um, and having to do half of them and then go to Allegiant do the other half of them. I think that's what he was talking about mostly. But I doubt that changes. I don't know if it changes. Because I think that's what he was talking about. If you're the NFL, it, if it's all about the money you get from TV, ESPN yeah. gets a Thursday night and a Sunday afternoon yeah. out of it. And if anything, I think they'd add another day to it. They'd say, ah, we got three more games. We're doing those <laughs> on Wednesday. So I I doubt that would actually change. Um, but... Was flag football, was that good enough that the NFL is like, yep, we're going to do this for, this is our I new mean, Pro Bowl? I think a couple writers made a good point about, you know, with writers, it's, hey, it's not that great, or hey, it took too long, or all that. But the fans seem to love it. 
they seem to like really like it. So if I'm the NFL, like you said, ESPN wants to, you know, program two days out of this thing, and we know the fans love it. I continue with it. I don't think they should. I, I one, I don't think they should care what people write about it, um, because if you saw the fans' reaction yesterday, I think the fans really liked it, and people wrote that. So if that's the case, I think they continue on with it. Yeah, if there are people buying tickets to watch it and there are people yeah, watching it on television. That's all they should care about. Right, and that's all they are going to care about. Once, yeah. If those things start to change, well, then, then that's different. Then maybe there'd be, uh, hey, do we need to cut the Pro Bowl? But as long I don't as know what you go to up, next, though. You'd have to cut it. I, there's, yeah. I mean, you're at flag football. What I mean, right. touch? Right, you make them play. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what you make them play. Uh, what, what would they be playing? Yeah, I, there there isn't really an answer. And... To be honest, I think flag football is fine. The the main issue, though, is flag football is only for the quarterbacks and the receivers. Right, right. And I think there were a couple defensive backs that went in and, and defensive backs. I obviously. think A.J. Cole was lying down in the uh, end zone. <laughs> Which, here's your change. What was it, seven on seven? Or maybe a six on six, whatever it was. Not all of the guys on the field can be receivers. Three receivers, one defensive back, one lineman, and one kicker. Okay. That should be, there you go. Now it's more fun. Do you know how much fun it would be to see A.J. Cole? And it's got to be man-to-man coverage, and the other team's kicker. you see A.J. Cole kicker. kicking on a 40-yard field? What? That'd be pretty hilarious. He'd kick it from out of the stadium. Yes, exactly. The hang time on yeah. that? He'd just kick it from wherever. So, it's good. I Do you know who I felt bad for? The center. Because he just stood there and hiked the ball? Snaps it, has to go down to a knee so he doesn't yeah. get hit in the head with the ball. All right, we caught it. Let's run up. Snap it, bend down on a knee. It's like, eh, come on. Nobody wants to do that, right? No, they could They could just have a coach in there doing right. that. <laughs> like one knee and then throwing it back. The and quarterback could snap just it. hold it and slap it like yeah, you exactly. do in backyard football. Yes, and say, exactly. Let's go. Ready, go. We don't need somebody to actually snap it to him. All right, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we'll have tickets to give away to go see Jimmy Buffett. In about 10 minutes, Lindsey Brown is going to join the show. Bischoff's briefs today, though. We're looking at the Lady Rebels. They beat Air Force over the weekend 98-57. to They've won 13 straight games. It is the longest win streak for UNLV Lady Rebels since the 1992-93 season. They are 22-2 overall they are 12 and 0 in the Mountain West. Um, I got here's some stats for you this year. UNLV is outscoring their opponents on the season by 14.2 points per game. Uh, to give you a fun reference point, the national champion running rebel team outscored their opponents by 15 points per game. Uh, the Lady Rebels are basically better than their opponents at everything. They have 85 more assists this year, 65 fewer turners, turnovers, 45 more steals. The only thing they don't really do better, they don't really block a lot of shots. Uh, but offensively, they're number one in conference play in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. They're the highest-scoring team in the Mountain West as well at 78.8 points per game. They have the number two and number three scorers in the conference, Desiree Young and Essence Booker, who are also both top five in field goal percentage. But the one area where they're absolutely dominant over their opponents is rebounding. Um, They have 196 more rebounds than their opponents, total rebounds. But if you look at their offensive rebounding rate, the Lady Rebels get 34% of their own misses. 
which basically means one in every three shots they take, they get their own rebound. Meanwhile, their opponents are only getting 23% of their own misses. A comp- that's a massive difference in offensive rebounding rate that the Lady Rebels have over their opponents. They have been dominating. But here's the real issue for the Lady Rebels. They are 51 in net rankings. And we have talked about what happens to this team if they do not win the Mountain West tournament. Obviously, if they win it, they'll be in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, they'll be the favorites to win the Mountain West tournament. But the resume for the Lady Rebels is not very good. In non-conference play, the Lady Rebels played just two teams that are currently in the top 100 of the women's net rankings. They beat Illinois State, who is ranked 84th. They lost to Oklahoma State by 25, who's ranked 46th. Their other loss was to Pacific, who is 185 in net. And the rest of their non-conference schedule were teams outside the top 100, most of which are actually outside the top 200 in net. A very, very weak non-conference schedule for the Lady Rebels. The only top 50 team they played, they lost by 20. Five. So you're telling me the same person does the men's and women's non-conference schedules? Yes. <laughs> Whoever that person is out there, that's their job to do non-conference schedules for the men and the women. Kevin Kruger and Lindy LaRock both said, hey. Hey, Joe. We got this schedule. Come on over yep. and give me a non-conference schedule. Let's make it easy. In Mountain West play, uh, Lady Rebels are obviously top 100, but they can't play themselves. Colorado State is 74, and UNLV beat them twice, so they have two wins over a top 100 team there. San Diego State is just inside the top 100 at 93. They're 1-0 against San Diego State. Uh, Wyoming is right outside the top 100, so there could be another top 100 Mountain West team uh, by the end of the year. But those are the only, if you're looking at sort of quality opponents that the Lady Rebels have played, they beat Illinois State. They have two wins over Colorado State, one win over San Diego State, but the only top 50 team they played was Oklahoma State, and they lost by 20 and this is what we've talked about. If for whatever reason, and they're 13 straight now, 22 and two, for whatever reason, they get to that conference final and it's 28, 29 wins. They're not even, they're 20, 20, 22 and two, and they're not ranked. Right. And in the AP poll, they're getting nine votes, nine points. And in the coaches poll, they're getting 16. They're not extremely close. What happens if they're at 29? More and more with the numbers you gave, I'm with you in that 29 and three or whatever it would be. I can't believe you're sitting in a room as a committee and would say no to a team that's 29 and three or 33, whatever it would be um, about losing the conference tournament final. But the numbers you gave, I'd be a little nervous. Yeah. I'd be a little nervous before that bracket came out. So if they run off an 18 and 0 conference record, but losing the mountain West tournament, I feel pretty confident saying they're going to get in because that's going to be, that's going to be a 29 and three record. The problem is going to be like if they lose twice or something, if they go 16 and two in the Mountain West and, and now then losing the tournament, and now their record is 27 and five, right? They're probably then out. They're probably out because if you lose twice in the Mountain West, you've now, you know, San Diego State's like 90th and maybe Wyoming gets in there, but you're now talking about two more losses to teams outside the top 100. You're talking about. Uh, does the women's side use the quads? I assume they do. But you're talking about like quad two, quad three losses or something right. like that. When you don't have, you might end up with one quad one win at the end of the year, and that's Colorado State. So if they go, it, I think I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I think they have two paths to the NCAA tournament. Obviously winning win the, the Mountain West tournament. tournament. 
I do think if they run the table, if they go six and zero to finish the this year and get to eighteen and zero, I think they'll be in as long as they don't lose to like the worst team in the Mountain West tournament or something like that. Right. If they if they can lose to Colorado State in the final or even San Diego State in the semis or something like that, that would be I think that would be enough to get in if they go eighteen and zero in Mountain West yeah. play because then you're you're twenty eight and two going into it the puts tournament. in perspective though. That we're saying if they go sixteen and two and lose in the final, that we think they're out. Right. It puts a lot of in perspective. Well, puts the non-conference schedule perspective, but more so it puts the Mountain West in perspective. Right. Um, one thing I wanted to do here on Bischoff's Priest before we talk to Lindsey Brown because she is a big fan of the restaurant Culver's, which we do not have here in Las Vegas. Uh, over the weekend, Ariana scored fifty-four the end mm-hmm. of last week, and after that game. Um, Giannis said, I think I'm going to go to Culver's. I'm going to get 50 cheeseburgers and try to eat as many as I can. You know why I'm going to Culver's? Because Chick-fil-A did not give me any free meals. I know Culver's will give me free meals. I trust Culver's. Greedy. Danny's not very happy about this. Well, you're Chick-fil-A guy. I was thinking the other day when I went by and got a sandwich and a lemonade. Boy, their lemonade's good. Have you tried their frosted lemonade? I'm not that deep into it. Game changer. <laughs> ice cream. Game the, ice cream and the lemonade. Is that what it is? Yeah. Have you had it? I've not had it, no. I haven't tried that, Danny. I just like the sandwich. No, I just I just think he's greedy because, I mean, the guy's worth tens of millions of dollars, and he's switching from one to the other because he just wants free food. I have no problem with it. Go get your free food. And here's the thing. Culver's responded on Twitter. With like, hey, we got 54 free cheeseburgers and they're, I can't remember the charity, but they're going to make a donation to charity too, as long as Giannis comes in. So what happens if he doesn't get any free food after this? Is he just going to jump to the next spot? That's right. He's a, he's a fast food free agent, Danny. I think he continues to get the free food. Giannis. Well, Chick-fil-A wouldn't do it. (laughs) You've been there recently, Danny? Where at Chick-fil-A? Yeah, Chick. Oh, Yes. Okay. When I was uh when I was in Fort Collins last week, I ah, went. they have one, yes. Yeah, they, we had one uh, about a quarter mile from the hotel. Okay, so I, I walked did and got a sandwich. That, uh, did you stay in that uh, old uh, Court Collins, Court Fort Collins Marriott. Yes, yes, it's the one place they stay. Yeah, I I had no idea where I was. My girlfriend was like, "Where are you guys staying?" I was like, "I don't know, Marriott somewhere." Yeah, right in town there. <laughs> Fort Collins is a good fun city too. Well, it was also one degree. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's the, the fun college winter. town, though. Not in, not it in actually, January. It is actually a fun college town. It looked it really nice. It, it has everything you need. Now you're telling me they have Chick-fil-A. Yes. You walked in that weather? Yes. You didn't get a shake? No. I no, I say. just, I got food for uh, for the flight home. So I just, I went before the game, got a, got a chicken sandwich to put in my backpack for the flight home after the game. Wow. Were you wearing Crocs? No. No, I was just wearing jeans, a jacket, and regular shoes. Oh, you didn't take your boots for one degree weather? Come on, Danny. No, I'm taking them. I'm taking them this week when we go to the Laramie. Yeah, you better take them to Laramie. <laughs> but it's warm now. It's 25 degrees. Oh, nice and warm, 25 degrees. All right, coming up next on the show, Lindsey Brown. You're on the elevator up to the press box with Granny and Bischoff, featuring All American Lindsey Brown. Hello, Lindsey. Oh, we're back. Happy Monday. Ed, Ed was surprised we were back. That's okay. 
It's okay. Hey, what's going on? It was an abrupt entry back into the atmosphere. It was. Yeah. I blame Danny. Yes, I was I was in the I mean, process of talking to Jared, so I didn't get to yeah. play the music oh, coming point. back. Yeah, blame you Jared. It's it. Jared's fault. Jared walked in here to start talking about God knows what. And yeah, so we can blame Jared. That's fair. Um, all right, Lindsay, you are our expert on Culver's. Uh, has oh. Giannis become your favorite NBA player because he said... He wasn't going to Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A wouldn't give him free food and Culver's would. Well, he's certainly become my favorite Wisconsinite, mostly because he wasn't born there. And so <laughs> I think the the Culver's PR team has to be ecstatic. Uh, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A for personal reasons. And so if they don't want to support Giannis and all the great things that he does for the league, for basketball, for humanity in general, Culver's will absolutely take up the stead. All right, so Culver said they'll give him 54 free cheeseburgers. You haven't eaten in days. You're the hungriest you've ever been. It's your favorite place. How many can you down in one city? Well, does the cheese have to stay on it? No. Oh, that's no. right. No. You're, you're okay, no, so I'm going to have to scrape it off. Is, yeah. I'm for sure no. scraping it off. And it's hard to scrape the cheese off of Culver's burgers because they are fresh made to order, and there's just something about the patties that causes the cheese to like melt into the crevices of the actual beef. And so it's really difficult to get that palate clean again. And so but it's a task that I would, you know, take on if I was given for three, three burgers. So I bet you I could get through about five. Wow. All right. If, if, ha- I mean, I wouldn't move for the rest of the day. <laughs> if they're made to order, can you just order regular burgers instead of cheeseburgers and scrape well, them off? like to know if that distinction is possible because you know as someone who watched a lot of true life i'm a competitive eater uh in my youth all that stuff adds up all that stuff adds up wait stop what you were a competitive eater in your youth no 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 i watched it don't you remember the the series on mtv true life and they'd be like i'm a competitive eater yeah they had kobayashi in it Okay, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I misunderstood. I thought you were about Joey to tell Chestnut us that when you were 11. And these people eat tons of lettuce beforehand because it apparently stretches out your stomach. And so it's little things like that that I would like to know because the cheese would absolutely impact it, especially if it's Wisconsin cheese, which makes it toxic. <laughs> um, so Danny is mad at Giannis because Danny thinks Giannis is being cheap. Because he thinks that Giannis is he's making millions of dollars. Why does he need to go to the fast food restaurant that's giving him free food? I don't understand that logic, Dave. I don't I either. Think, it's yeah, free food. Like once you get to that level, everything comes at you for free. That's like the whole point of wanting to get to that level. But I mean, maybe Danny is just having a little bit of pent up anger that's misplaced from the Cowboys end of the season, or maybe it's because the caps are irrelevant. There's a bunch of different sources where this anger could be coming from Danny. And we are here for you as you work through it. Well, as you just mentioned, once you get to that level, things are just handed to you. So that even that backs my own theory up of, oh, he's just throwing a tantrum because they won't give him free food. So he's moving on to the next one because he's reached the level. Yeah, that's why you became that's why you become famous. Yeah, you welcome free to stuff. American Danny's nothing yes. is fair. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, I also there was another tweet I saw uh, this month that uh, brought you to mind immediately. And I was wondering your thoughts on this. This is from Andrew Gross. Bo Horvat on how he and his wife settled on wearing number 14 with the Islanders after being number 53 with the Canucks. Quote, four plus one is five and four minus one is three. Yes! (laughs) Yes! 
I love that bit. I love that I'm the immediate thing that came to your mind. That means my brainwashing is working. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this. It, it's weird because what he chose his last number, which was 53, which was the inverse of, of 35 up in Vancouver, because I believe it had something to do with somebody he played with that unfortunately passed away. And so it's in his honor. And so I'm not sure what the 53 situation is with the Islanders. I bet you Lou Lamarillo would say it's too long and it's too high of a number <laughs> for him to choose. And so maybe that's why he's going with the number 14, but I love the math logic. I love it so much. Did, but it's kind of stupid. No, it makes total sense. It makes complete and total sense. That's it. That's the stuff I do, guys. So like, clearly, this is a sign from the universe because four plus one equals five. Yeah, I literally the same exact rationality. Oh boy. Oh no. Did you like the flag football game? I mean, I watched some of the clips of it. I didn't really. I mean, does anybody actually watch those things? I didn't watch the NHL All Star Game either, and so I was busy watching the Grammys or preparing for the Grammys. Oh, um, but yeah, it was the play football. I mean, I'm here for it. Did you? Who's the guy that got run over? Somebody got absolutely Tyree Kill. Tyreek Hill got yeah. blasted. Holy cannoli! I, I that was kind of funny. And then I, I was more interested in the absolute clinic that D Carr put on in the skills challenge to make sure that he could, you know, create an excellent recruiting YouTube video for himself this offseason. Yeah, yeah, but then he threw a pick in the flag football game. Every so did T Law. Who cares? Nobody cares. It's like playing goalie in the All Star game. You're just there to get lit up. Yeah. You didn't. You did you watch the NHL All Star game? No. No. I don't even know who won. Well, I just it, my whole life can't be hockey. I was That's... on the. EGK Insider Show, which you can totally listen to back podcast on Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. Because I'm an evergreen content <laughs> type of gal. It wasn't just what was going on. It's deep thoughts about hockey. So I need a break, guys. I needed a minute. You did. And that was the perfect weekend to take it because we shouldn't have to care about the All-Star Games or the Pro Bowl. Correct. Did so. you see last night the daughter's favorite uh, person in the world, Harry Styles, r- running away with the awards? What? What a murderer's role. Oh. So, be triumphant over as well. Every single category that they're announcing, like, how do they pick a winner? How is Beyonce not the winner? And it's like, T Swift. And then literally, you're like, what is happening? How can you choose? I know a lot of people are pretty mad about the rec- uh, him winning the big album of the year, but I think he said in his quote best, at least part of his quote, because he also said, no, people don't like me, don't win this very often as a white man. I'm like, okay, Harry, like, you're good. Like, let's just get you off the stage. But there's, how do you pick the best in music? Like, how, how, do you, how do you choose this? There's so much good that's come out of this past year and a lot of great messages. And so I was happy to see somebody get rewarded. But, you know, I, I'm surprised T-Swift didn't win more. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't look very happy either. Ticketmaster got their claws deep in the lobbying dollars of the academy, <laughs> <Yes>. clearly. <laughs> Is it bad if I don't know some of these? Uh, like, who's the, the best new artist? Who's Samara J? Oh, or Joy? No, no idea. No. There's okay. a list of 10 people. I'm like, this is literally like Mad Libs. But okay. I, I didn't know any up. of them. All right. No, not a one. Uh, new song of the year. Who's Bonnie Raitt? Just oh, like that. I, I probably oh, know yeah. that song. Okay. All right. This good. is where oh, I like oh, no. I like to pride myself on liking oh. artists that the mainstream will not reward because they're so underground. And so I, I just go there for the memes, for the vibes, but usually the people that I love don't win. All right. Uh what was did what was your favorite performance then last night? Oh, that's a good question. Who is probably Smith? Lizzo. 
probably Lizzo. She's a, she's a beacon of light, that one. I just, I cannot be a bigger fan of her. And, you know, I'm not going to say it's because she spent a good amount of time in, in Minnesota where she crossed paths with Prince and all that other stuff, but where she's certainly <laughs> uh, one of our favorite people to come through. I, I mean, beats from our state, even though she's from Houston. She gave Prince credit in her acceptance speech. So I think there's a story out there, and this is me improvising from my memory, so I'm sure it's about 83% correct. But she, I don't think, ever met Prince, but she was at Paisley Park, and he, she would, like, you know, be in there working on stuff for him and, and, and just, like, in the studio, and then he would talk to her over an intercom. Like, really? and, and that's, yeah, I mean, Prince is Prince. Prince was Prince. What a legend. Uh, but, yeah, I just... It's so wild how many people offer a little boost to big-time careers. I mean, same thing happens in our business. I'm sure with a lot of different businesses where it's just like you happen to run into the right person at the right time. I mean, like Prince is the ultimate right person to not run into, but at least be invited over to his house. But uh, what an incredible talent she is. I would like to only talk to Jared that way, just over an intercom where he can't say <laughs> anything back. Why are you so with a, mean to Jared? With the glass shield up in yes. between us? Yes. Why are you so mean to him? Yeah, you know why. Um, did no. you guys Did you guys know Ozzy Osbourne was still making music? Did he just retire? He, like, won, he, just, he just retired last week. last week. He, bu- yeah. he Oh, well, he won Best Rock Album. I assumed he would retired years ago. Limp Biscuit had to take the year off, guys. Clearly, it was a down year. <laughs> I felt the same way when he retired last week. I yeah. said, is he still around? Apparently, he won a Grammy still last happy? night. He won two Good Grammys. All right. He won Best Metal Song and Best Rock All Album. Right. So he's... For, I mean, good for him on his way out in retirement. Does that count as going out on top? Hell yeah, it does. I guess in his genre. Yeah. He retired before mm-hmm. getting the Grammy, too. I mean, them. awards technically don't matter because we're all on a floating rock, but, like, if you had to choose something to be honored for, that would be it. Nothing matters, Lindsay, if we're on a floating Back. rock. Facts, <laughs> Tyler! Except the Vikings being frauds. She's Lindsay Brown. <laughs> Lindsay, as always, we appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, have a great week, guys. You too. So there's Lindsay Brown. Um, yeah, Vikings are frauds. That definitely does matter. Whatever the higher power is out there, they definitely care about the Vikings being frauds. Um, yeah, I'm scrolling through the Grammy winners. I don't have much culture, apparently. This is this is a tough uh, best contemporary album. Steve Lacey, I don't know. Best R&B album, I got nothing for you guys. Ooh, Kendrick Lamar, I've heard of him. Okay, you've heard of Harry Styles. Yes. Okay. And Adele. And, and Adele, Lizzo. she won last night. And I think they all won something. Yes. But you start scrolling through here, I'm like, ah, <sighs> Best rap song, The Heart Part 5. Don't know what that is. So the uh, the Ozzy Osbourne retirement, that was just retiring from touring. Oh, he's still going to perform. Still gonna make he's music. just not touring. Still going to make some music. Wait, what do you mean he's going to perform, not touring? Like, like, like local where he like lives. Like local gigs? Yeah, but he's just not touring. What's he going? to? Like a local dive bar yeah, and doing maybe. karaoke? <laughs> what do you mean he's... But right after re- retiring, according to this article... Uh, he says that he's still determined to get back on stage. Okay, just so that's won't, just won't be touring. This is a, messages. This is a he worse just, retirement than Tom Brady. He's just not gonna. He's not gonna tour, but he wants to get back on stage. This is like Tom Where? Brady saying, "I'm not going on road trips or something like yeah. that." I'm just playing home games. What? 
That's not a retirement. All right, we got Jimmy Buffett tickets to give away. Jimmy Buffett is playing at MGM Grand Garden Arena two nights in March, and we've got a pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. If you want to go see Jimmy Buffett at MGM Grand Garden, we got a pair of tickets for you. Call in now, 702-364-1100. Caller number seven is going to win a pair of tickets to see Jimmy Buffett. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Congratulations to Brandon, who won tickets to go see the Gold Knights, and Ben, who won tickets to go see Jimmy Buffett. I believe we have more of those to give out throughout the rest of the week. Um, Ed, you know what happens in the world of soccer that always leaves me confused? When teams get in trouble for breaking financial rules and then I go read the stories and I'm even more confused as to what they did than before I started because this just happened with Juventus and now Manchester City in the Premier League might be in a lot of trouble they are accused of having over 100 rule breaking 100 different rules all financial all of it financial and it started back in the 2009 I believe and has run all the way up until this season apparently Uh, This is from the New York Times. It's repeatedly failing to provide accurate financial information that gives a true and fair view of the club's financial position, in particular with respect to its revenues, its related parties, and its operating costs. So they were just telling people they weren't making as much money as they actually were were making? We're making $50 but they were making $100? How did they go get away with this for 14 years? Well, they kind of haven't because in 2020, UEFA tried to ban Man City from the Champions League for breaking financial rules, but Man City won an appeal because they said, well, there's a statute of limitations and all this stuff happened before the statute of limitations. So they have been in trouble before. But nothing actually happened punishment-wise for Man City. Right, but that's still from 09 to 2020. That's 11 years. Yeah. Do they not check this like every year or every other Again, year? I don't know what they did exactly. They just told people they weren't making as much money as they were actually making. I guess. Isn't that what Dan Snyder just did? Yes, he was hiding uh, well, that and he didn't pay season ticket holders back. Like, they were supposed to give money back to season ticket holders and didn't give it back. Is he a partial owner of Man City? (laughs) No. And that's the other part of this. Do Man City have cheerleaders? Man City is owned by, uh, I think it's the prime minister in Abu Dhabi. And all of these rule breaking. that guy has money. All of this rule breaking started a year after he purchased the team. So, basically, it's, hey... Rich guy in Abu Dhabi bought bought the team, and then they started breaking whatever financial, financial rules. rules they have. And again, I it's always I always read them, and I'm like, I don't know what rules they actually broke. It just comes down to misreporting how much money they did or did not have, and that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And now there could be here's they, these accusations have been levied against them. There's I think a third party that comes in and rules on if the accusations are true or not, and then determines what their punishment is going to be. And their punishment, uh, the, the most dramatic thing is they could be relegated out of the Premier League. I doubt that I happens. I doubt that's going to happen. But they could end up getting a points reduction 
in season. And currently they're in second place in the premier league, five points off arsenal. So if they got like a 10 or 15 point reduction, that would hurt. They've got no chance to win win it and would potentially knock them out of the top four and the top four go to the champions league next year. So they could in effect, get knocked out of the champions league for next season as well. So yeah, they've been breaking the rules, but it's kind of a weird, complicated. They were just lying about how much money they had. Doesn't happen around here. I mean, it does. <laughs> does it? Does it? <laughs> really? We just, uh, it's just always the bad teams that it looks like the commanders. It's like, oh, they were lying about oh, how I was much talking money. about around here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the uh, the guy who owns Manchester City or owns the majority stake, he also has ownership in eleven other teams. So, yeah, he's probably check all, over all the those place. books. Yeah, yeah, well, but they're not as good as Man City. So, no. yeah. So uh, it's always confusing, but that's that's Will two this stories. Help Bournemouth. What about them? Will Did this they... help them? Uh, no, <laughs> okay. not at all. I mean, t- I guess <laughs> have they I won guess... since he bought them? I think they lost again this weekend. Um, <laughs> Actually, if if they decided to relegate Man City, right, that means only two teams would get relegated through performance, and Bournemouth. That means there's one less relegation spot, so it could help them. They could stay afloat because oh, Man City gets relegated for lying about their money. <laughs>